The stock market is plunging, and it looks like the cryptocurrency market is going bust. But the bust market is booming, at least for one Austin, Texas native, a 2,000-year-old artifact. She found it at Goodwill. Laura Young bought it a couple of years ago. A decorative bust, which just means a sculpture of a head, from Goodwill. 35 bucks. But she was suspicious that it might be old. After meeting with experts, it was confirmed. This discount decoration was actually 2,000 years old. It was once owned by King Ludwig I in Bavaria. The sculpture is likely of Pompey the Great, an old enemy of Julius Caesar. It'll sit in a museum stateside for a year, then transferred back to Germany. Hidden treasure at Goodwill. That's a modern parable. A man found a treasure in his backyard and sold everything to get it. Jesus knows how valuable you are. He gave everything to claim you. Welcome to Haven Today. Here it is Monday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And this is a program called Sing a New Song. Twenty years ago, a song was released. It had humble beginnings around a piano in Brighton, England. But over time, this song became so popular, it's been sung by churches all over the world, and still is every weekend. I'm thinking, of course, about In Christ Alone, written by Keith and Kristen Getty with Stuart Townend. We wanted to write a modern form of worship that really taught the scriptures, that taught the great stories of the Bible, the great doctrines of the faith, a real cross-centered um, sense of, of singing, but also that was relevant to our lives. It was an emotional experience which sang well. That's Keith Getty. And in a moment, he'll be with us, along with his wife, Kristen. I did this interview with them way back in 2007, just as their modern hymn, called In Christ Alone, was gaining in popularity. I think you'll enjoy hearing their reflections about this song. I know know you'll be blessed as they share their desire to continue to help the church sing songs of devotion and depth. After the program, I'd like to send you their new album reflecting on the last 20 years called Sing in Christ Alone. Filled with many of their modern hymns, along with those written by other modern hymn writers like Matt Papa and Laura Story, this album will move you to worship our great God as you listen. Our number to call after the program is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And if you'd like to hear samples from Sing in Christ Alone, the CD, you can do that if you'll just visit us at haventoday.org haventoday.org. And now, let's listen to the song from this recent album released by the Gettys with Travis Cottrell, their version, a new version of In Christ Alone. In Christ Alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground. Stand 
This is Haven today, and we got to hear a hymn that isn't 300 years old. It was written a few years ago in Christ Alone, and with us on the program today are Keith and Kristen Getty. Welcome to Haven today, both Gettys. Thanks, Thank Charles. You very much. It is good to have you on the air, and uh, you've been on a few other Christian radio programs, but you have music worth hearing over and over again. You guys didn't live 300 years ago, but yet you wrote In Christ Alone. How did you come to write something that sounds like an ancient hymn, but you guys are so young? Well, I'm not sure. The first time we came over here and, and played it, for a lady came up to me afterwards and says, are you Keith Getty? And I said, yeah. She goes, I thought you were dead. And she was just, or she was just so disappointed that to see me alive. And so it's been a bit of a shock for a few people yes. and a so bit of a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> I guess what we really wanted to do with writing modern hymns was two things. We wanted to write a modern form of worship 
that really taught the scriptures, that taught the great stories of the Bible, the great doctrines of the faith, a real cross-centered um, sense of, of singing, but also that was relevant to our lives. It was an emotional experience which sang well. And the second thing we tried to do in our songs was write in a sort of what I would call a transgenerational, folk-like, timeless kind of way, so that eight-year-olds and 88-year-olds, people in a rock band and people with a pipe organ, could use the songs in their format and sing them so that they brought people together under the great truths of the faith mm. to actually mm. sing together as one body. And that's actually been done before. We, a while back, uh, when the movie Amazing Grace opened, uh, we were giving a lot of uh, emphasis on John Newton, who actually had the same idea when he wrote the only hymnal, uh, some of them with William Cooper as well. But same idea. He wanted people to get the breadth of scripture and the story of what the message was from Genesis to Revelation. That's right, and I think that's why we call what we do hymns, because there's no real scientific definition. Augustine said um, a hymn is a a song of praise to God, so there's no scientific difference between worship songs and hymns, but it's just these two emphases that we have on our songs, which has made other people, and then I guess has made us just call what we do modern hymns. You know, a lot of people that write Christian music today go straight to the emotional level Nothing wrong with that. Emotions are just part of how God has has made us and and even gifted us. But uh, you guys in your music tend to go another direction. I mean, I'm hearing the scripture come out in your music. I think in in the context of a worship service, when people come in on a Sunday morning, their heads are full of all sorts of things. And it's very hard to get people on the same emotional page or emotional track from all those different distractions. But what happens is whenever you have a song, which um, are a few songs in the service, particularly at the beginning, that would declare the truth, then people are lifted beyond themselves. People are released. People come to church and they're relieved that they can, in fact, turn to something greater than themselves and just sort of um, recheck their priorities and um, then sing something which actually frees them because it is the truth that sets people free. We don't set ourselves free, but understanding who God is and hearing a revelation of who he is enables us then to worship. And so we've tried to incorporate both things, things that just declare who Christ is, declaring the truth, declaring who we are as a body of believers when we sing. And then from that background, then our emotions then are carried along the back of yes, that. Yes, and they do go hand in hand. That's right. Uh, do I detect an accent here, Kristen or uh, Keith? From North Dakota. North Dakota. <laughs> I knew I had we heard that accent North somewhere. Dakota, so we <laughs> well, maybe you will. I think we're on the air in North Dakota. Okay. So, yes, we I like hope so. And I know on the other side of the border in Canada, we're on some stations in the prairies. So I hope you get there. Well, we're from Belfast, Northern Ireland. Okay. And we both grew up there, both born there. I'm a little bit north of Belfast. He's a little bit south of Belfast. Your dad is a pastor, Dad's Kristen. Dad's a pastor, uh-huh. okay. and Keith also grew up in, in the church. His parents were always so involved in the church. His dad plays organ and piano. And well, that could be some of your history on what led you into doing what you're doing. I think I it think is. It well, part, that's great. Oh
listening to Haven today, and that was City Alight with the Gettys from their new album, Sing in Christ Alone. And you're listening to an interview I did with Keith and Kristen way back in 2007, the old days. I asked Kristen to share a time when the power of the cross showed up in her life. My dad planted a church when I was eight, and we have grown up in that church. He's been pastor of it for all these years, and I think that outside of all the difficulties of, of growing up in, a, in a, a young church and how they you know deal with all the fresh situations that can come on top of them, um, when we, I was about 16, um, my mum had breast cancer, and it was a particularly trying time for me as the eldest and my siblings trying to work it all out as to why something like this would happen, trying to deal with the fact that mum wasn't well and couldn't do all the things she used to. Yes. But also looking at my dad and watching him, he understood the situation so much more than we did. We were protected very much from all the details of it. But watching dad leading this young church and then struggling with with the questions as to why things like this happen, what were God's purposes in it. Mum went to gain a full recovery. It was a wonderful story. And for me being able to watch my dad work through that and his faith to be even stronger and watch... Um, he was always very, very, very steady, but just watching him grow and change and become softer in some ways. Mm. And it was actually he that inspired one of the songs, which is There is a Higher Throne. And he you know, spoke to me one day. He said, Chris, you know, we need to write a song about the fact that there is a higher throne. No matter what happens in this world, that there is a higher authority. And there isn't just a throne, but there's a king seated on it. Um, put my attention on Revelation 7, where the great multitude stands before the yes. Lamb. And he, he loved this idea of the shepherd, the Lamb becoming the shepherd king. He said, you've got to get that into a song. And I um, just met Keith a little bit after that. And you weren't, that was actually, you weren't married yet. No, I, no was, yeah. I was 18 at the time. Oh. Okay. And um, a year or two after that, Keith, um, actually, we were writing a song for a project in the UK. And I said, I'd love to try and get this idea into a song. And he had this melody, and I brought the lyric. And it was actually the first worship song that Keith and I wrote together. It's called There's a Higher Throat. Keith, I'm listening to Kristen tell the story about her mum. Do you say mum in Ireland? Yeah, M-U-M. Okay, mum. All right. Mom. Tell about her mum. Keith, you today. Was there ever a time in your life when... Christ kind of broke through, you know, the second person of the Godhead became real and alive to you, or were you just one of those who, since birth, you were brought up in the Christian home and knew the Lord? And Yeah, I think in the main, I'm, I'm the second category. I'm one who was brought up in the Christian home and pretty much um, learned my faith from birth, really. Which is a wonderful yeah. thing. We all want that for yeah. our families. It's something, it's something. My parents gave us um, life love um, and introduce us to Christ and music so we kind of owe them a reasonably large amount I think <laughs> but um, I think probably the most difficult time intellectually for me was between about 17 and 19 mm-hmm. um, I went to university in England obviously in Britain we don't have such a thing as Christian universities you just yes. go to university sure. and um, I got involved um, because my confidence exceeded my abilities perhaps I ended up doing a lot of debating or just discussion or a special event. debating, I heard debating, you say. You yeah, were yeah. going to win people over that's and right, convince right. them well, like, that the gospel was well, the right thing. the Irish thing. Coming from, fight, you know? That's right. Well, <laughs> do you have a temper, Keith? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a combination of the Irish fighter mentality and also being from a Christian country like Ireland and 
going to a pagan country like England. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to convert the university at, at the outset within a year, but hopefully within a semester. Right, and, and, and so, then the whole of uh, of England would then come to faith. Well, that's right. By the end of the decade. Yes. So, what we did was we. Um, engaged with a number of Islamic students who became friends of ours. We engaged with um, a group of theologians, um, most of whom didn't really believe in Christianity at all or, yes. or certainly didn't believe in Christ. Um, and then we engaged with just people from different backgrounds, people who had never been to church before, people who were into more New Age type things. Yes. And for the first time in my life, the brain power of many of these people, the, the intellectual abilities they had ex- exceeded mine, their research exceeded mine, and... You my faith was torn to pieces. It was torn to pieces. And so I wouldn't say I lost my faith, but for about a period of about a year, I really, I really had serious questions and at times mm-hmm. huge doubts. And there's even today, there are some of these issues that I still struggle with, yes. especially in the, in the personal daily interaction of people. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I hold on to and grab onto, and that indeed doesn't allow me to leave Christianity intellectually or any other way, is this person, Jesus Christ, this person who was prophesied for thousands of years, mm-hmm. this person who was incarnate, this person who his, his life in his teachings, and most importantly in his death mm-hmm. and his resurrection and the questions that he has left us for the future. And um, in that intellectually, it forces us to say it's either true or it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. God would not send himself if there was 16 other ways. Um, What's interesting is God didn't call you to be John Stott for a new generation. He called you as a musician, and too, so then, but a thinking musician right. and so that, steeped in the Word. And so I think that whole period of time, as well as being exposed to all kinds of different church music, I guess in, in its own way that was the formula of time that made me say, if I want to be involved in church music, um, I want to help teach people and um, this great story of Christ and what that means. And also write in a way that you know people can imbibe it and sing it, and and it took me. And it wasn't until my early mid twenties that I really, that I really decided to try and write these songs. When the pastor in our church finally said, "You got to try and give so it, became give a, a hymn writer." So, Keith Getty, I would like to ask you if you would mind leading us in prayer. Sometimes we ask guests on Haven today to do that, and some of our listeners know Christ, some don't know Christ. Would you mind just leading us in prayer for both? Sure. No problem. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you um, for all the gifts that you give us every day. And Father, we thank you that in you is found all the treasures of wisdom, of knowledge, of life, of culture. We thank you that in you is life, and that, that in you is light, and that light is the light of all men. And so, Father, we pray for all the listeners today. Father, we pray wherever that darkness is in our lives, whether it's a relationship, whether it is um, something from the past or something in the future. Father, we pray that you will be a light into that darkness, and, Father, we'll learn to trust you in that. And, Father, we pray for those people who maybe don't know you yet. Father, that they will see in you, in your, in your words and in your deeds, but in your death and resurrection, hope, forgiveness, freedom, and new life. In your name, amen. Speak, O Lord, as we come to you to receive the food of your holy words. Take your truth planted deep
from their new album, Sing. In Christ Alone, Keith and Kristen Getty and Laura Story, speak, O Lord, here on this Haven Today. Well, as I already mentioned, it's been 20 years since Keith and Kristen with Stuart Townen wrote In Christ Alone. In many ways, this song began the modern hymn movement. And as you listen to the Getty's new Sing in Christ Alone CD, I think you'll be reminded how much we need hymns like this in our lives today. This album features many of their modern hymns, as well as some classics like Amazing Grace, and they're joined by artists like Travis Cottrell, Laura Story, Jubilant Sykes, and others. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. Our sins, they are made. His mercy. Thy name to sing, help us to praise Father all glorious, or all victorious. Come and reign over us, ancient of days. the promise to our sons and daughters, God most high, God our Father. We love the most about this album is you'll never feel like you're worshiping alone because the music was recorded live with a congregation of thousands singing praises to God. The lyrics are full of deep biblical truths and the music will move your heart to worship the Lord. I think we all need this album right now to recenter ourselves on Jesus as we face the hardships going on in this world. So would you call us right now? Would you make your gift of any amount to the ministry? And we'll send you right away the CD Sing in Christ Alone. Our number you can call is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN, or go online, listen to samples from the album, and then you can make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And if you heard our series last week, and still wanted to sing the Bible, the four CD set, we still have that for your minimum gift as well. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again we'll share together this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. War has changed over the years, but it never went away. We've seen this in our own time. The Russian invasion of Ukraine is just the latest violent conflict to curse our planet. As we watch the horrible images flash across TV screens, we can't help but pray for peace for a day when war disappears forever. The good news God has promised that this will happen. In Isaiah 11, we hear his famous words, They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. We long for this, when peace and the knowledge of God will flood the earth. 
Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Get Anchor devotional in print monthly. Visit getanchor.com.